it's amazing what uh, <laughs> what happens when there's signs and there's there's things to help prevent you from being hurt or something happening, and yet there's times we ignore the signs. We ignore the warnings. We ignore it. There's times the caution. We find ourselves rolling through the yellow light because we can hurry up and get through it instead of being cautious to back off of it. There's times when um, things are set up and, and, and safety-wise, whether it's jobs or stuff, to be cautious because you have to be careful. And we wanted to get into this next part called caution. Caution is uh, to take care taken to avoid danger or mistakes. I want to let you know real fast as I sweat through this. I am thankful for our drummers. My gosh. Uh, that drummer back there was extra today. My goodness. He ain't done it for a while. <laughs> um, that there is a real enemy out there. We need to put that on the table real fast. There's a real enemy. And the enemy always has a job to do. I think at times we forget that there's an enemy. And I'll just say this, that in John 10.10, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not up here trying to overemphasize the work of the devil. I think at times we have those moments where people want to blame the devil for stuff you've not done. Come on. Good. We at times give the enemy too much credit. And <laughs> we, we can even pray, you know, pray for God to use us. And then when you're getting used, you, you're saying it's the enemy because you feel used. <laughs> um. But here's the reality. Jesus warns us of the devil to come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's called the devil the murderer, the father of all lies. In the book of Revelation, John calls him an old serpent who deceived the whole world. Yeah. We have a very real enemy. I want you to realize this. We have a very real enemy. And I know that, like, this sermon could take so many different ways. And just praying and digging and marinating in it. Don't you like a good steak that's been marinated for, like, three or four days? Just, my goodness. When you marinate in something, I'm telling you, it, I think that's how God is with us. He wants us to dig in his word and marinate in it. And, and just, just get all the good stuff that's all in it. Just don't skim on the top. Just, oh, I just read, or oh, my Bible have actually gave me a notification for the verse of the day, so I'm good. It helped me. Which, I mean, that's great if you're a, a new Christian trying to figure out what the Bible is. But at times, we struggle just to stay faithful. I'll, I'll say it like this. If you can't faithful, faithfully communicate with God through his word and prayer, how are you going to actually be faithful in your marriage? 
and in your friendships and in your job. Like, if he's the source of all and he provides and he, he protects and everything, and it's all wrapped around who Jesus Christ is, if we don't keep him in the center of it, everything else will fall apart. If there's not a consistency, it's not a hype moment for like, uh, I went to a cool conference and then it was hype and then I faded out because of the, you know, the coal got separated from the, the rest of them. But anyway, we have a real enemy. And what's crazy is he first shows up in the garden. He shows up in the garden. And he's very conniving. And he wants to do something to trip you up. Because he doesn't like the position you got. Because the reality of, a, of it is, we were created to worship him. He lost his position, so he's going to try to destroy yours. In all areas. I have some stuff wrote down. I'm going to read a few of it, and then we're going to get switch into this a little bit. The enemy of our soul would love nothing more than, to, than for each of us to believe. <laughs> you ready for this? To believe we are fighting for victory and not from victory. I'm going to have to say that one more time. You could put that on your little, little hashtag things on your Instagram or something. The enemy of our soul would love nothing more than for each of us to believe we are fighting for victory and not from victory. There is a huge difference. When Christ died on the cross in the, in the place, he paid the penalty of sin and the war was over. Don't you hate when somebody's seen a movie and you ain't seen it yet and they try to give you a spoiler alert? Let me tell you one. There's a movie. Let me tell you about it. Creed 2. I heard your mouth. <laughs> uh, but here's a spoiler alert. If you didn't know yet, we win. We won. He died on the cross. We won. I don't know if the enemy knows that yet. He, I, I think he plays like you don't know. And here's the crazy thing, like, we won, he has the whole world in, in his hands, and I know you want to sing that song because I just said it, because some of y'all chase it, you chase it like a little squirrel. <laughs> Got the whole world. Okay, uh, I'm the squirrel. Okay. <laughs> but he, <laughs> he made for us to spend eternity with him. So here, here it is. I, I want you to pay attention, lean into this. Why do we struggle? I've been thinking about this. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do we struggle? Here's one answer. Because we still live on earth. I mean, that's a simple answer. We have a real enemy. And as long as we are alive, we will have to deal with him. We have nothing to fear. Because if we are living our life in Christ, we will always be more powerful than the, anything that comes our way. But the Bible is clear that we aren't to be ignorant of our enemy. I think, the time, I think here's what the problem is at times. Is that we play ignorant to it. Of the enemy. I'll say this, you must understand your enemy 
Because you can't defeat what you do not understand. You cannot defeat what you don't understand. I think what we are, I think some of our understanding of the enemy at times is, is based on just what hearsay. We have to really dig into this and understand who the enemy is, what he's wanting to do. Why does he want to destroy your life? And I'll, I'll say this, and, and it kind of goes with, I was thinking of this when you and Sam were speaking. Uh, listen, if you didn't get to watch it, go to Remnant Youth Facebook page. And Sam did an excellent job uh, preaching the gospel. And uh, it was good, the, the conversation between them two and stuff. And Sam laid it out there. Like, when he, when he quit looking down at his notes and just knew in his heart what God was saying, it was awesome. I'm glad you clapped for him. He's in the back. But um, <laughs> just to let him know, uh, it's, it's amazing what God is doing and all that. But uh, there was a picture Sam showed, showed in, in, in that deal. It's a quick picture, and I started thinking about it, that uh, I wrote this down, that you may think that God and the devil as equal, opposite figures fighting each other from two different sides, much like a cartoon where you see the cartoon where the devil and there's an angel or a God on the other side trying to tell you what's right and what's wrong, and they're like, no, you should, no, don't do that, no, you should, and, and I... Sam was making a point about that, but here's the, the reality of this is we look at the devil at times like he's equal. The story of God and the devil isn't one of two gods fighting each other. The devil is an angel with a God complex. Let me think about this. I saw that picture and I just was stirred about it and the stuff you guys talked about. The devil is an angel with a God complex. So I've just got to look it up, you know, like, because I like defining. My wife does. We, we love looking up these words and just like, okay, what is that? An emotional problem caused by fear and worries. Complex. My question would be, how many people are dealing with a complex right now in this room? Or even watching? A complex, an emotional problem caused by fears and worries. Here's an example of it. If you keep telling her she's clumsy, you're going to give her a complex. The devil is an angel with a God complex. Thinks he's more powerful. See, his power and his uh, authority are only in his possession because God has allowed him to continue for this time. To have what he has. I guess the, what I'm trying to say is the only way to know if your enemy, to know your enemy, is to understand his exact characteristics of your enemy. If the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, you have to know his characteristics. Your enemy, whole purpose in life is to get you to believe a lie about God. Right. It started at the garden with Adam and Eve. His lies sound like God isn't that good. God's not telling you the whole truth. The lies always go deeper. God made a mistake when he made you. God's not going to help you. All grounded in lies about God. One of his greatest and most powerful lies always begins in your identity. Pastor Josh has been talking about that for a few 
weeks in the back about your identity. It's so powerful, and it's so right. Because you, if you don't know who you are and whose you are, there's going to be a huge problem. But it's about your identity. It sounds like you can't do it, or you don't have what it takes. His words are wrapped in fear, anxiety, and shame. That's the enemy. And yet somehow we lay in it and somehow we want to believe it. Somehow we want to just lay back in that. We want to accept it at times. Our enemy loves to accuse us. He's known in the Bible also as the accuser of the brethren in Revelations. Here's the, here's the reality right here. Once we begin, and this is where it starts getting tripped up, because you're like, man, why am I struggling with this and that? Once you begin to live a spiritual life, a confident spiritual life, he uses other lies to get you. Who do you think you are? Often trying to accuse us of pride and arrogance. He loves to use accusations to stop us dead in our tracks. An accusation is claiming something is doing some accusation is claiming someone is doing something wrong. And I'm telling you right now, our enemy will never stop there. He will always go further, hoping we believe the lie. You're wrong. There's another lie. You were made wrong. There's another lie. It will never work out. So you might as well give up. There's another lie. Accusations are dangerous because they will always distract us from the real purpose, which is to live in an abundant life Christ died to give us. John 10.10 depicts this, what we said at the very beginning. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And the word steal in Greek is klepto, which means someone who steals for the thrill of taking. When the enemy operates in our lives, he is stealing from us as well. We may not realize it as it's happening, but eventually we, we feel the sense of loss and see that what is rightfully ours has been taken away. If we want to walk in a daily victory, we must remember that the enemy comes into our lives as a thief. He comes to steal. He wants to steal. And what's crazy is he wants to kill. And I looked this word up in the the Greek. It means, in the Greek, it means to sacrifice. For example, he wants to kill. He'll use these words, God's not coming through for you. You're not going to experience it. What this is, guys, is the enemy's smokescreen. 
When the enemy comes to kill, he's hoping you will sacrifice everything God has given you. Let me say that one more time. When he comes to kill, he's hoping you will sacrifice everything God has given you. He tells you that you you have waited too long, believed too much, and you've not seen anything. What is it all worth? You're not seeing results. The lies of the enemy. You might as well throw in the towel. I'm not going to make it work anymore. I'm done with it. See, he wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your friendships. He wants to destroy your marriage. Throw in the towel. Because the moment you give up is the moment you, you choose to serve the enemy. You let him win. The crazy thing is we believe his lies. The devil might not have to steal very much from us, especially if we've already given it away. I love, let me uh, put up 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to switch gears here. To keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant to his schemes. We got to get to this place to understand who he is. Now listen, let me be real about it. Now, I'm not out here telling you, like, you need to fully understand the enemy, so you need to go buy a satanic Bible and read it and fully understand who the enemy is. Now that's stupid. You just need to know what the Word of God says. What is Jesus saying about the enemy? And then know what he said how to defeat him. What did he say? See, Paul points out that we're not ignorant to his schemes. We have often heard the phrase, ignorance is bliss. (laughs) Which suggests that if I don't know something, then life is more comfortable, relaxing, and peaceful for me. Just because if I don't know, ignorance is bliss. But ignorance is not a godly way of living. Because ignorance of the enemy's schemes only leaves us vulnerable for his tactics. What's vulnerable mean? Capable of being physically and emotionally wounded. Open to attacks or damage. Being spiritually illiterate doesn't mean the enemy will leave us alone. It means we are more likely to make critical mistakes due to the lack of full understanding. You wonder why you're going through what you're going through in your life and the decisions? Maybe we've been just ignorant to it. We have to have a full understanding. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. It's time to raise up. Be cautious. Ignorance will hurt us and leave us confused. But see, God didn't call us to be spiritually blind. He called us to be spiritually alert. I better slow down. Go ahead. I I just want you to realize that you've got to understand who this enemy is. And I've tried to give you a, a, a kind of a quick layout as we get into this, that you know that, listen, he's trying to get in your ear. He's trying to destroy your relationships, your marriages. He's trying to destroy your, your, your character. All kind, He wants to destroy. And we, as, at times, let that happen 
Because sometimes, like I said, ignorance is bliss. Well, if I don't know and then everything's good, I'm just, what's just happening? No, there's more fight in you. There's more, there's more to it. You can win. Remember, spoiler alert? But see, listen, if the enemy wasn't, wasn't real and if the enemy wasn't trying to destroy people's lives, Jesus Christ would not have mentioned any of it. But he did, and it's real. I think a part of this is, is I was, as I was studying this, John 10.10, 10, if you read before it, he's actually talking about false shepherds coming into your life. Uh, and he talks about that true shepherd, the true shepherd comes through the gate. But the false shepherds jump over the wall, and they come in sneaking in because they know they're not real. They know they're not true. They know that they're false. And so as I began to dig in it, I began to realize that the enemy plants people in our lives to try to keep us from actually pursuing God to the fullness of what we're supposed to pursue. He will actually plant people in our lives that will speak half-truths so that we think that we're right. Um, I'm not going to tell you where I got this, but from the Lord, but I, I was, yeah, I'll tell you. I was in the shower. God speaks to me in the shower. It's weird. Um, I literally had to jump out because God started speaking to me so fast. Caution. Yeah, I just slipped on the floor. I, I had to jump out real quick and type these notes on my phone because he just started leveling me with it. He said this, the enemy will steal your truth, destroy your theology, and kill your identity. When we don't pray and study God's word for ourselves, the enemy will plant people in our lives that will only tell you half-truths to make you think you're on track. He will even let you get the goosebumps when you hear this person speak because he wants you to think it's the Holy Spirit because that's the deepest you've ever been with God. Really, the goosebumps you're feeling is just your emotions getting high. Woo! Man, it jacked me up because I was like, my God, how many people do we have in our lives that only speak half-truths that the enemy has specifically planted? Because if you ever found out the real truth and began to live out your God-given destiny and purpose, you would be so dangerous that nothing would ever be able to get in on your life from the enemy. The problem with some of us is, is we are so blinded to the reality of the people that the enemy has put in our lives because they do speak half-truths. Think about this. When Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, he always spoke half-truths to try to trip him up. But Jesus instantly would reply with the actual word because he was filled with it. When we don't study God's word, we become susceptible to half-truths, to bad theology. Look at this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Put that up there for me. This is so good. Delightfully loved friends, don't trust every spirit, but carefully examine what they say to determine if they are of God, because many false prophets have mingled into the world. There have been many false prophets, many false teachers that have come into this world to try to teach things that are half-truths to the gospel, and they try to make you think that it's the actual word of God. And the problem is, is when we don't study, we fall uh, susceptible to only believing what they have coming out of their mouths. It's not, listen, it's not healthy for you to come in here every Sunday and believe everything that comes out of our mouth and go home and sit in that and never study it for yourself. 
Am I telling the truth, preacher? That's why they said, be like the Bereans. Take the scriptures we give you. Take what we say. Go home. Pray. Seek his face. Get in the word yourself and let him confirm the word of the Lord to you. The problem is we got too many people coming in this house that want to hear a word every week and that's all you get fed. And then the enemy will plant people in your life outside of this house that will give you half-truths. That's why God was so frustrated with Job's friends because they were only giving him half-truth and Job was falling for it. Do you understand? I was telling somebody this last night. What if the rapture doesn't happen before the tribulation? And you don't study God's word at all. And the enemy begins to implant some things in this world. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that even the elect will be deceived. How many of the elect will be deceived by false truths because they decided to set down the most powerful weapon in the world? It's not a gun. It's not a tank. It's not a missile. It's not anything. But it's the word of God that can drop a bomb in a church and explode something. It's a bomb called the word of God that can drop in a city and cause an explosion to happen of the truth that will defeat every foe that the enemy tries to send. We have become captivated. Mm, Jesus, I don't know if y'all are ready for this. We have become captivated by one-hit wonders. Where a man will get up there behind a pulpit and speak one powerful statement, but the rest of it is heresy. The rest of it is just stuff that he feels like he needs to speak out of his mouth. We've become so good at having church without the Holy Spirit that we believe everything that comes out of a preacher's mouth and he's not even anointed to preach the gospel. He's just up there managing a church rather than pastoring a church. I'm telling you. Listen. When the enemy implants people in your life, you have to be able to see with spiritual eyes. I have been praying by listening through a man of God called John, named John Kilpatrick, the pastor of the Brownsville Revival. He has been preaching a series called Your Eyes of Understanding. My prayer for myself and for you is that your eyes of understanding would be open to the truth of the kingdom. Because I believe that we've had them shut for so long. God wants to open your eyes of understanding because the people that the enemy implants in, in your life to try to keep you from the truth, you have to be able to look behind the curtain and see what the real enemy is. We're so busy putting faces to our enemy that we're so distracted by the people around us. If the pastor doesn't let you do something because you feel like you need to do it, all of a sudden he becomes your enemy. Somebody comes into your life and they begin to speak negative into your life and all of a sudden the, that person's face becomes your enemy. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. Maybe you need to have your eyes open to see that there's a principality trying to get control of you and trying to, and trying to speak half-truths in your life to deceive you so that you'll be distracted by everything else rather than pursuing God. That's reality. For the thief has come to steal your truth, 
to destroy your theology. We could speak on that all day. I get so sick and tired of watching TV preachers, it drives me crazy. I'm not saying all are bad, but please know that if all they ever preach about is money, and all they ever say is, if you'll send a $1,000 seed, I'll send you this bottle of healing water, you can take that to the bank that there is a false teacher sitting in front of you on that screen, and you need to stop listening to it. Because the gospel, I don't need to pay for the gospel. I don't need to pay for my healing. I just need to trust that the God that heals is going to heal me when I need to be healed. We got too many false things going on in this world. Too many false teachers. I got a few more things if that's all right. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 5. But if anyone spreads false teaching that does not agree with the healthy instruction of our Lord Jesus, teaching others that holy awe of God is not important, then they prove they know nothing at all. It's obvious they don't value or hold dear the healing words of our Lord Jesus Christ. They are covered with the clouds of conceit. They are loaded with controversy. And they love to argue their opinions and split hairs. The fruit of their ministry is contention, competition, and evil suspicions. Yeah. My God. Go to the next one. They add misery to many lives by corrupting their minds and cheating them of the truth. They equate the worship of God with making great sums of money. That's the Passion Translation. He's talking about make sure you are careful of the people that you are listening to. I'm telling you, be careful. There's only a select few that I listen to podcast-wise because I trust their spirit and I know what's coming out of their mouth is the spirit of God. But we have to be careful about what we're listening to. We have to be careful of a Pharisee spirit that is trying to invade the church in this day and age. Are you guys listening to me? Because there is one. It's trying to pull you back into that dead religion. It's trying to pull you back into a place where you live in bondage. It's that thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What he was pointing out in that moment is the Pharisees. He's trying to tell the people, listen, you've been invaded by people that don't even care about your relationship with God. They care about making sure you bring money into the house. My God. Listen to this. This is crazy. And then, Mom, you can have it. I was reading. God just hijacked me this morning. But I was reading about Saul, or actually Paul, when Paul, Acts chapter 28. Did I give this to you, Chris? Yeah. Acts chapter 28, verse 3 through 6. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper crawled out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. Keep going. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they began saying to one another, undoubtedly this man is a murderer. And though, and trying to bring up his past, and though... He has been saved from the sea. Justice, the avenging goddess, has not permitted him to live. Keep going. This is crazy. Then Paul, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost. Whew. Then Paul, Paul simply shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. 
But they stood watching and expecting him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and began saying that he was a God. God began to speak to me. <laughs> this story jacked me up this morning. This wasn't even in my notes, and God started showing me this this morning. And he said, listen, when you begin to mature spiritually, when you are not depending on everybody else to study for you and give you a word, God's tired of people coming into the house of God looking for prophets saying, give me a word. You got a word for me? You got a word for me? When all you got to do is open this thing up every day and there's a word that's going to pierce your heart and penetrate who you are and cause you to become more like him. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. Paul was so filled with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God that when the viper tried to bite him, he just shook it off. Jesus many times began to teach, you brood of vipers? He was calling out the false shepherds. He was saying, listen, when you become mature in my kingdom and mature in my word, when religion tries to bite you, you'll just shake it off. When, woo, when religion tries to bite you, you will just shake it off. And no ill effects will come. You won't even bow to it. You won't even bend to it. But you'll keep running after God. And you'll cause the vipers to be burned in the fire. I'm telling you, there's some people that just need to shake him off this morning. You need to shake off that viper that's been after you. You need to shake off that viper that's been after your marriage. You need to shake off that viper that's been after your kids. You need to shake off that viper of depression that's been trying to... Woo! There's a spirit in this house called the Spirit of God. And he's more powerful than any snake could try to be. And he's just telling you, shake him off. It's time to be filled with the right spirit. It's time to be filled with the word of God. It's time to be filled with the Holy One of Israel. So that when any religious thing tries to bite you, you just shake it off. Jesus. Isn't that crazy? Like those people would just stand there and just happen to see a snake on his hand and think that, well, maybe he's worshiping the snake now. Didn't know the process. And then wait till he's, is Paul swelling up yet? Is he going to die? Not lend a hand, but be like the enemy, just waiting, still killing. Oh, oh, is he dead yet? And not do one thing. It's time to shake it off. For real. For real. And what, what, what is it? What, what's wrapped around you? Good. What is wrapped around you that, is, that has held you? Good. That has held you, that has put a bondage on you? Hey, let's just be real about it. The people around him, nobody lended a hand. He had it within himself. Do you ever have some, a bug or something weird land on you and you just went off? Like, like, <laughs> spider, something weird. 
I don't care what it is. Crazy spider crickets jumping at your feet. But it, even though it sounds funny and it looks weird and it hurt my arm, um, it's, 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 it's like that. Like when the enemy wants to try to come and steal, kill, and destroy and attach him. Nope. Not today. You literally have to just like get it off. The uh, psalmist Taylor Swift said it well. Because some of you all have been thinking of that in your head. Shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> but isn't it the truth? You just got to shake it off. Shake off anxiety. Shake depression off. Shake off that, shake off that, that past generational curse that you're not going to make it. You're not, you're not good enough. You won't last. Your marriage won't last. Your friendships won't last. Remember how the enemy, like I try to tell you, we, we just dig, we were digging into who the devil is and the lies he tries to implant and how we've believed him. How we've actually started to make process with his lies. We've started making plans with the lies of the enemy. Like God ain't real and he can't do it. And it's wrapped around you. Now you, some of you need to shake it off your neck. It's choking you. Choking the life out of you. But the blind man, watch this. In chapter 9, there was the blind man and the Pharisees. And, you know, here he's talking about being blind and now you can see. And all of a sudden Jesus comes up and heals the blind man. See, some of you are being healed and the enemy comes in and a leader tells you you're not. Because the Pharisees came in and they said, who do you think you are? How dare you? You're a sinner. How could you be healed? Who is this guy? Who is this God? And brings that man into their house and then they kicked the Pharisees. Kicked it. You ever been kicked out? You ever been kicked out of a church? You ever been kicked out of your family? Come on, somebody. They kicked him out. And the next thing you know, Jesus comes up and he says it twice. He says, I'm the gate. Mama, listen real quick. They're mad because they ain't getting their money. That's right. They're not getting their cattle. They're not getting their sacrifice because they were hustlers. Because they didn't get their temple tax. If you want to make a sacrifice, God, I need God to heal my blindness. So you need to go to the Pharisees, and they need to go before the priest. You they need to go to behind go the veil, them. and you have to do this. But you got to pay for it first. Wait, your sacrifice isn't good enough. I need to take your sacrifice, put it over here in our little cattle bin over here. But we have a sacrifice you can pay for. We'll, do, we'll charge you ten times more for it. That's why God and so when the he, he He flipped the table. The blind man was healed. They were mad because they're not making money. But they became the gate. They became a doorway in front of the blind. Huh? And he said, no, I'm the gate. You ever had somebody come up in front of you and they're standing in front of you trying to be a doorway in your life when God really wants to be the only doorway in your life? Whether it's in your mind and you think something and all of a sudden you got a door in front of you and you feel like you can't see? Maybe it's yesterday. Maybe this morning, all of a sudden you go, man, I, I mean, I'm just struggling and I don't think this is going to make it and I don't think this is going to... There's something in your way. It's not, the great, it's not the gatekeeper. 
Isn't it funny that caution means alert? I got to read this. Powerful. Caution means alert, warning, a sign, an attention. Matthew 10, 16 says, stay alert. This is a hazardous work. I'm assigning you. <laughs> You're going to be like sheep running through the wolf gate. It's a wolf pack. You ever walked run through a wolf pack? Don't call attention to yourself. Be as cunning as a snake. Inoffensive as a dove. Stay alert. This is hazardous work. Some of you don't even know what that means. Some of you are so lean back, not wanting to do anything. That's why you don't have no caution. Because you're so lean back doing all the things that the enemy lies to you. That you don't even have an alertness to you. You just lean back and go, well, I guess if this is it, this is it. So you don't even have an alert. alert let alone running through a wolf pack. You'd be scared to death to run through a wolf pack. Sheep through a wolf pack? Mark 13, 33 through 37. Be on guard and be alert. You don't know when the time will come. It's like a man going away and he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge. Each with their assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, and when the, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Mark, listen to this, Mark 13, 5 and 6. Jesus said to them, watch out. That no one deceives you. Many will come in my name. Claiming I am he. And will deceive many. We're in an hour. And we're in a time. That we better know. We better have a discernment. Through this word of God. What's being said to you. You might be hearing. Things of your past. Trying to remind you. That that's the door. Instead of the true gatekeeper of your life. How do you know how to shake something off if you're so petting it? He walked up there and they called him a murderer. That was his past. That was Paul's past. And all of a sudden they're starting to remember. Oh, he must be. I mean, he can handle snakes. And then he talks about in the beginning where there was cunningness and the speech. You can just touch that. You can go ahead and take that if you want. It could be like God. You would have knowledge. You'd have wisdom. You can touch that tree if you want to. And the cunningness of the enemy. And some of you don't even know the cunningness of the enemy because you're leaning back petting it. So you don't even have any caution at all. You're not in alert. You're not on a watch. And you're asleep. It was even this morning. I could feel it this morning. There was an enemy. Lullabying you to sleep. And I felt this war inside of me. Wake him up. Wake up. Be 
before it's too late, before the, before the enemy comes in and thieves. You know, a thief can come in your house and you'd be asleep and can take anything he wants. Just for the pleasure. Just for the pleasure and for the money. Here's the good news. You have the power to defeat the enemy through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. Because the second half of this says, I come that you may have life and that they have it more abundantly. To have life. Here's, I wrote this down. I wasn't even thinking about what you just said. We don't talk about, we, we know where we're going, but we privately just soak up in God. Here's my, la my, last, my last thought I was going to say today in this whole thing. No matter how the enemy is coming against you today, remember that the snake is no match for Jesus. Stand with me. We're going we're gonna to switch gears. I know we got to. The snake is no match for Jesus. Paul had a snake on his arm. Jesus Christ, Christ dwelled within him. It's no match for him. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, listen clearly. There's a caution. And here's what's crazy about caution. I'm just going to throw this. Sorry, Kurt. I'm just going to just throw it out there. Go throw it that way. Let's let it go all the way down. I don't care. Fit a go. Ooh, swerving. Uh, here's what's crazy. There's caution. You hear there's caution in the wind. There's caution. There's a caution tape. There, there's a, be careful where, where you step. Be careful because there's something cautious. You've got to be careful. And yet, the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to distract you so much thinking of everything else that you step over the caution tape and just walk all over in it. You've, you've stepped your life into the caution tape. I caught it. Kurt's got that thing rolling all the way down. You're going to put it on. Okay, well, let it roll. Um, but you, he tries to distract you. What is, what is he trying to kill too? He wants to kill your dreams. I'm just going to re, just, just rewind real quick. I remember seeing 47 people get baptized wrecked with God. Wrecked. I'm talking wrecked to like 430 wrecked. It still stands. What he did still stands. But the enemy wants to take that from you. He wants you to think you not have a purpose. You don't have a, a de desire for him. You, you're not going to do anything great. It didn't matter. You shouldn't have done it. That's the lies of the enemy. And if we don't hold up the caution tape and say, hello, caution, be careful where you step, be careful where you go, the enemy's going to try to trip you up. The problem is, is we have people that have let the enemy in and not even realized it because we believe the lies. 
All the doubting stuff that does not come from the word of the Lord. Everything that's not supposed to be, everything negative, that's not how God works. He's so good and he loves you right where you are. He believes in you. But if you're not cautious, the problem's going to happen. Is you, The snake, that if you don't shake the snake up, it's going to keep rolling around you. And guess what happens? It rolls around you, so come over here, and we're getting real close. But if I try to stay close as a friend, and the snake's around, it's going to try to bite me, and it's going to ruin our friendship. If I'm close, and, and you're, you're with your spouse, it's going to bite, and it's going to take your, your, your marriage apart. It's going to take everything apart. Because we entertain it and we let it just roll around us where it starts to slowly choke us out. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life, your friendships, your marriage, your dreams, your desires, everything God has called you to do. The purpose he gave you, why you exist for such a time as this. He wants to destroy it. He wants you to live in petty. He wants you to pick up all the stupidity and make it huge. It's time. And I think what time is now is that we, in this moment, we have to realize we have an enemy. Christ said it. We've exposed it. Hello, devil. We've served you notice. The people know now. We served you notice. We know we're not ignorant to it. We know that he's done this. But I'll say this. If the enemy has tried to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, whether marriage, whether friendship, whether whether your, your dreams, your visions, all the hope. We're going to pray with you today. We can't just go about our business. This is too serious. We're going to shake it off today. Now listen, you got to have a, a boldness about yourself and saying, listen, I'm going to have life, life abundantly. And that life abundantly might just start when you take a step up out of your seat. Because you have served the devil notice. And you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. He has destroyed. I have actually made plans for my destruction because he has wrapped himself around me. And I have not done what I'm supposed to do. I believe the lies. The lies have always will go against God. You're no good. You're not making it. Some of you might have barely came to church today. I don't know if I should go. And maybe some people haven't been back. Just believe in the lies. But listen, you're here for a reason, and people are listening for a reason, and I'm telling you right now, wake up. Understand that there's a caution sign, there's a tape out that's saying, be careful, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Be careful with your friends. Be careful. And even in good stuff, oh, I'm just doing my life. No, be careful. It's just one time. Be careful. You young adults, you, you teenagers, sexual craziness. Be careful. I, we, ain't gonna, we don't hold nothing back. What, what are we going to hide and whisper about? The enemy wants to destroy our lives. We have to be aware. And here's what's crazy, and I love it, because, listen, we family. And you're not going to do this alone. You're not doing life alone. I won't let you. <laughs> We're here for you. And we will hold you up. And we will walk through it with you. But you have to take the step. 
It's saying the enemy has been in my ear. The enemy has been trying to wrap itself around me to kill and destroy me, my dreams, my visions. I feel like I've got anxiety. I got depression. I just keep not keep going through the motion. I'm still doing the same stuff I did last year and the year before. It's just doing it now. Hello, cautious. Caution. Stop going in there. Stop going that way. Quit going in the cautious tape. Quit climbing in it. Caution. Caution. And see, Jesus, if you read in the Word, there's so many times he's, he's bringing out caution. Caution. He's like, you're going to do great things, but be careful. And it's a lot of times, like you said, it's people. People going, the enemy's going to try to use people to do some schemes. So if you're dealing with this, we want you to come up and we want to pray with you today. We'll do it the best way we can. And if you're seriously dealing with the enemy that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life right now, in, in, in whatever area of your life, it could be physically, emotionally, I don't care. I'm telling you right now, he wants to do something great in your life. He wants you to be free, abundant life, full life, fully free life. <laughs> I said it at the beginning. Spoiler alert, you win. Spoiler alert. Come on. Anybody else? We're going to pray. Come on. This is going to be a house of prayer. We're going to pray. I think one of the biggest snakes in people's lives is that when we have failures, we don't think we're loved anymore. When we have things that we've done, maybe it's sin in our life, maybe it's something like that, maybe it's a failure that you have, the enemy comes in and he sends Pharisees around you that will tell you that you will never add up. But just like this song says that they're getting ready to sing, there's no shadow he won't light up, no nope. mountain he won't nope. climb up to come after you. Nope. And I just want to say, uh, one add a little bit to that. There's no devil he won't stop on nope. and no stank, snake he won't untangle nope. coming after you. He will come after you and he will teach you how to shake it off. And yeah. I'm telling you that there's some things that God just wants to help you shake off this morning. So if that's you... I'm telling you, don't sit in your seat no. because the enemy wants you to stay right where you yeah. are. Yeah. And I just break off every chain yeah. that will keep you in your seats yeah. right now. Yep. And if there are things that you need to shake off, Freedom. I want you to run up here Freedom. right now. Come on. Freedom. Right now, just Freedom. run. Come on. Come on. Freedom. Don't, don't, in, don't let the enemy get it in your ear. Uh, you ain't need to go up here now. Come on. Freedom. Total freedom. Come on, church. Now, if you, you, you're saved and you know it and, and the enemy is not, you should be mad that the enemy's trying to destroy. It should be burning within you. No, you will live. No, your marriage will work. No, your friendships will add up. No, you have hope. It should burn within you. You should put your foot on the head of the devil and just stomp it out. Don't run from it. Just stomp it out. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No more. No more. This day on. This date. This moment. No more. Devil, we serve you. Notice again. We know. We know your schemes. We're not afraid. You're not going to win.